Hello, everyone. Ho, 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 ho. Happy Christmas. We're here in uh, Spool Towers at the Nigel campus, um, under the Christmas tree, lying down, recording this horizontally. As in front of an open fire. In front of an open fire, there's, there's chestnuts and everything. Quality roasting. streets and roses. Yeah. Hand me the toffee penny. Um, you can hear that nice festive bed of music underneath us because it's the Christmas season. We're going to wrap up like every other media outlet in the world by talking about our best films of the year. I wonder which outlet publishes their list first. Well, so Are they conscious of that when they do it, do you think? I think so. And I think sort of weak... A lot of places in the last week are putting them out there already, and like there's still three weeks to go. Hmm. Spotify brought out their oh, cool. list, like of like here was your 2018, and they show you all your top songs. How do you get but that? Am I so new to Spotify that I didn't see that? I got it like here's your favorite songs from 2018, but I didn't. I've seen people on Instagram put up like I listened to this artist for 10 hours. I I don't know. Oh, I feel left out. Yeah. Oh well. Yeah. I'd say Sight and Sound is probably the first because it's a physical magazine, so it has to be. If you get that in December, you know. Yeah, first today week. felt like. Well, we're in the day that we're recording it now, which is a couple of days ago. Um, from when we're releasing it, um, Time magazine announced their thing and some of the different magazines, so who knows. Anyway, we are going to kick off, I suppose, with. The worst. A little bit of an inverse thing. Yeah, we're going mm. to mention what our worst is. First of all, was it hard for you to come up with a worst? I, I had kind of two contenders and like Letterbox is a godsend. Maybe Letterbox could sponsor us. Mm. So for anyone who doesn't know, it's an app that Nigel introduced me to. Well, it's a website at the moment. Have they actually developed an app? Yeah, it's not as good as the website. It's just a library. Yeah, we just yeah. basically log everything you've seen the day you've seen it. Give it a quick star rating. Uh if you have notions, you can give it a quick review that no one will ever read. Um, so basically, that's good. So for me, I had two contenders. Halloween, the recent remake. But what I actually settled on was Festival, which I saw oh. a couple of months ago, which is terrible. I got one star. It stars... The guy from The Inbetweeners. Yeah, whose name is Joe Thomas. Uh, he plays Nick and is directed by Ian Morris. It's terrible. It's really funny. Don't think I laughed once. It's kind of like... It's really funny. It's unfunny. Really unfunny. Unfunny. Oh, and um, yeah, it's the kind of go-to Glastonbury, like but don't. It's kind of like tea in the park. And he's far too old to be going to it and having all those kind of experiences and stuff. And you're just like, this is just sad. Loads yeah. of dick jokes and not funny. And, and the biggest problem I have with, with it, having not seen it, is um, people in their 30s... As an act, as an actor, he's probably thirty, and being directed probably by people much older, pretending to capture youth experiences and youth culture, and it's yeah. absolute shite. Um, I wouldn't my, dream of going to a festival now. So this is just stupid. Like, why yeah. is someone my age still be like, hey, lads, lads, lads? You're like, yeah, but I think no. he's aged down in the whole thing. Anyway, um, my one is Red Sparrow. Oh, okay. Just really kind of disappointed in it more than anything. I suppose that was my thing this year. I became much more selective. In what I was watching, I wouldn't, you know, l- put myself out there looking to watch as much crap. Mm. Um, so, yeah, Red Sparrow, I had relatively... Well, we haven't heard your top ten yet. There's probably a lot of crap in that. No, but Jennifer Lawrence plays sort of a Soviet spy, but it's just violent. It's I thought that was Ill, okay. Ill-meaning stuff, yeah. But anyway... It is overly violent, kind of, and a bit... Yeah. yeah. 
It has that, all the tropes of a spy movie where we're like, oh, double crossing and triple crossing. Yeah, and but I think it's because, like, the, the Americans TV series was possibly on at a similar time to when, when I watched it. And it's streaks so ahead. Good. Yeah. It's one zillion miles ahead. Are we doing it? Again? When can we do a TV podcast? Next time. Yeah. Next time. Anyway, okay. So, will I kick off this? We're gonna, what we're going to do is we're going to go 10 down to 6. We're going to have 6. And then. Uh, we're going to take a brief interlude and have a chat about some of the Irish films that caught a ride this year and then we're going to jump back in and do five to one so the way I do not know Porrick's top ten and I do not know Nigel's and so we're going to do a little bit of back and forth and uh, maybe just when I mention films say oh yeah that's in my list or maybe not I don't know yeah I suppose we can talk about it and then yeah yeah, there's no point you keeping all your good stuff you know don't keep the gags at the back just say yeah this feature's on my list but I won't know where. So, yeah, Phantom Thread. Ding, 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 Number ding, 10, ding. very good. So just as I fade up, bring in a little bit of John Greenwood's music um, from it. So this is also this on my list. right back to the House of Woodcock. Yeah. House, the House of the House of Woodcock. And uh, this one, I guess we saw it, what was it, late January, early February? Yeah, kind of February came out. Um, kind of that thing where it was like last year's Oscars. It's a last year's so. film, but for me, um, I've got some of these things in it. So if... If this is Daniel Day-Lewis's last film, um, then I'm so on board. It was great to see Paul Thomas Anderson getting out of America into the UK. Um, Leslie Manville was fantastic in it as well. Yeah, she's fantastic as a sister. Yeah, and I think for me, I didn't really know the Luxembourgese act- actress uh, Vicky Cripps, mm. who was the third one in that little sort of almost love yeah. triangle or whatever. But I'd, I'd pretty much forgotten about the film. And then I was going through stuff, reading some stuff, and I was like, oh, yeah, The Phantom Third was this year. And it's got great kind of like dark humour and it's a like nice slow Every time we cook asparagus, we mention you must yeah. cook asparagus in oil. Yeah. And the camera is amazing. There's lots of nods, I think, to Stanley Kubrick when he's driving around his car and stuff like that. Really funny. Yeah. Saw it twice. Filmed on Kodak 35mm nice. as well. Got to see it. What? I saw it in 70mm. Was I hoodwinked? Yeah, it wasn't filmed in 70mm. It just oh, yeah. upscaled it. But yeah. So, uh, yeah, no, it was really good. So I've seen it twice. Uh, I have a clip from it because it was one of mine. So we'll cool. have a clip. It is... There's a quite air of death in the house, that one. I can't work. I can't concentrate. I have no confidence. She does not fit in this house. We built this house, the two of us. Now she's turning the whole bloody place upside down. She's turning me inside out. She's turning you and me against each other. Her arrival has cast a very long shadow, Cyril. Mrs. Vaughan is satisfied with the dress. No one gives a tinker's fucking curse about Mrs. Vaughan's satisfaction. Okay, so my number 10, I think it will also be on Nigel's list, but higher up. But notice I didn't say where Phantom Thread was on mine. Anytime I say Phantom Thread, I keep thinking I'm going to say The Phantom Menace. Anyway, so number 10 for me is Hereditary. Is it on your list? It isn't on my list. Oh, wow, surprising. So I did not get to see Hereditary in the cinema. So to talk about when I was putting together my list, I was thinking about Mm. the experience. I'm sure you have this as well. And Mm. you're you're thinking about all these things. And without realizing the 10 films that I had compiled that had the most impact on me, I'd seen in the cinema. This year, at the start of the year, had Did a baby. Did you see them by yourself without a baby? Yeah, well, no, no. Some of, them, <laughs> some of, the, some of these were seen with, with the baby. Oh, great. Um, 
and some were seen by myself, some were seen with you, I think, and some were seen with other people. But yeah, this year, that's what I was alluding to. So Brilliant. had a baby yeah. at the start of the year, so therefore more selective in the cinema. End up watching a lot at home. Yeah. But we've previously talked about the Netflix thing. Yes. But I have nothing from Netflix in this. I have nothing that I streamed, downloaded, yeah. watched on Blu-ray, watched on VHS, wow. or super... Super yeah, CD yeah. or anything like that. So these were all cinema experiences. I didn't do that by accident, but yeah. um, Hereditary, I didn't see in the cinema. Yeah. So. No, uh, yeah, really good cinema experience. It was a pretty full crowd you in the lighthouse. You saw it more or less opening night. Yeah, kind of. Yeah. And Which I'm uh, really envious. It might be in the list. Yeah, everyone was scared, properly tense for like the first half an hour, 40 minutes. It's like, I actually can't breathe. This has to relax. So it's Tony Collette, brilliant. Gabriel Byrne is her husband. Um uh, Shapiro Millie plays the child in it and Alex Wolf is her kind of older brother and is directed by Ari Aster really good kind of solid scary film I feel it kind of loses the run itself and tries to explain too much towards the end where you're like oh, I've kind of got uh, this and it's Rosemary's baby and you know the, the, the closure and the resolution was kind of refreshing though for a lot of horror films kind of okay to me I like the, the landing less. a little bit yeah no, I mean, I'm okay with it so uh, really solid really scary Um, but yeah so number 10 for me I felt yeah yeah when I was watching I was like oh this is sort of like a nice double bill with the Babadook some yeah, of those kind of yeah, uh-huh. kind of things so yeah very very good Um, for me a very uh, different film um, I'm not sure if you've seen it Mission Impossible Fallout oh no did you get to see it no, no. so keep hearing it referred to on lots of podcasts of how like it's brilliant and it's really good fun yeah so this in terms of the purest like just action sequences like this was I was in the third row in the IMAX cinema wow. for this and the set pieces, I hope they bring it back for some end of the year, the best in IMAX. They usually do like a, a five euro day or something, yeah. isn't it? But just the shot, like him. So, okay. So to anyone who follows, I don't really like the Mission Impossible universe as like, I don't care for it, but I don't hate it equally. I'm into it. So mm. uh, anyway, Tom Cruise is in this. He's sort of divorcing himself from all the team, all his friends, relationships oh. and stuff. But in a like, I'm your older brother, so I'm super cool and I love you, but like, I cannot be with you, you know. So he's sort of because if he's close to them, they'll die or get harmed, yeah. And I was like, well, that's like real life Tom Cruise. So he's playing himself who wants to hurt himself, jump into buildings. The action is ridiculously well choreographed. Um, I think Chris, the one with the helicopter, is it? Uh, yes yeah, yeah. yeah and just jumps out of planes and runs across the Tate Modern and it's preposterous but you're not going to want to watch this on a phone um, but the story yeah it did it just knocked me like my eyes were glued to the screen the whole time mm-hmm. and um, the best use of IMAX this year anyone who says uh, that the first moon first man first man moon landing is yeah. better can pff, screw off <laughs> So So that's it. What's your nine? Uh, Number nine for me is the first Irish film on my list. uh, Kissing Candace. Uh, Yeah, really like this film. Kind of it's directed by Aoife McArdle, stars Anne Skelly, who plays Candace and Ryan Lincoln plays Jacob. The two of them kind of strike up a relationship and uh, it doesn't kind of go so well. Jacob is kind of getting into this gang who are absolutely terrifying all of them. Again, this real sense of dread kind of throughout the film. Lovely kind of surreal, dreamy bits to it. And I was just like, oh, I love that this is an Irish film and it's not like... Set in... Kind of set, set in Louth or... Yeah. And it has... 
that was well kind of confused me i remember talking about it before in the podcast where there's references to the north and then you kind of don't know what timeline it's set in but then someone answers a mobile phone or are you watching sabrina on netflix bit of it yeah so with this conversation at work where when the hell is it set and then you get to a certain point because it looks like it's set in the 50s because they're all dressed like that and then you get to a point and what's the boy's name in it uh harvey harvey answers a bloody mobile phone and you're like what oh we're suddenly in 2018 and i was just like oh no it's gonna be my phd whenever yeah. they give me money i will go and i'll just say how the mobile phone and its sense of time yeah um has changed everything so um yeah and it's lovely it's trippy i was like i like that this isn't an irish film with pat short in it yeah. no offense to pat short but you know the kind of your general oh here's is here's an irish film <laughs> i was like no lovely poor pat short like, yep. i don't know why you picked it out of him um yeah disappointing i think is that I, I i'm not sure it's out on physical media or anything i was able to catch up mm. on dublin old school um we'll talk a bit more about irish, this yeah. at the irish thing but it's on volta at least so i you can pay a fiver mm. to watch it anyway okay my eight i'm not sure if it's a film that you've seen a fantastic What's woman your number nine i gave you my nine. Oh, sorry, 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 i'm sorry, ahead sorry. of you sorry a fantastic woman. No. So, uh, Marina plays a transgender woman who works as a waitress and nightclub singer who, um, her boyfriend dies. It won the Best Foreign Language film. It's a Chilean film. Um, do you remember the person who introduced Sufjan Stevens at the Oscars? Yeah. Um, so, yeah. So, that was Daniela Vega who um, thinks. So, I feel sort of reminded me of the Patty Bratnock film Viva from mm. two years ago. Just about showing kind of Central and South American how they're not really there in terms of inclusivity sexuality identity and letting people be who they are um and a bit yeah it was just like a very moving story about injustice but also really kind of funny and cool and has some cool dance bits so well worth checking out okay a fantastic woman brilliant what's your eight number eight uh also kind of talking about fantastic women is shirkers it's the Uh. documentary i don't know if it's the only documentary on my list but um yeah, it's on Netflix. You can watch it now. I watched it last week. Yeah, uh, really loved it. Uh, it's directed by and kind of stars uh, Sandy Tan and her two friends, Sophie and Jasmine. And they were kind of young, uh, mad film fans into kind of like different zines and the punk scene. And they were like, let's make a film. They're cool. Like, I don't know much about Singapore, but I was like, oh, these people are, they could be from New York. Yeah. And they- so then they kind of make an acquaintance of an American friend who plays George and they start making this film together. And then he kind of amscrays with all the footage and you're just like, what? What's the word you use there? Amscrays. That's a word. It's like a jokey, you know, you know, are moxie we- word. Okay. Google Amscray there you see if what comes up. We're in the 50s, are we? Yeah. So then they're kind of, and it has that lovely thing where it's like, oh yeah, this is before the internet. So basically they've no way of tracking them down. So your entire artistic work has just disappeared and gone away. So it kind of follows that really well. I like that Sandy leaves in all the stuff from her friends calling her like, well, you're a prick and an asshole. And I, well, you always do this. Why do you keep doing this to me? And to see kind of how their life has progressed and then there's a nice resolution to it and it's almost become this document to singapore from that time because it's gotten totally bulldozed yeah, and changed lovely. and everything whatever film it was kind mm. of shot on 16 mil it looks just really really nice yeah and then the kicker do, do you give away uh, uh no i out? think kind of nice yeah so this is available to anyone it's on netflix a nice story of sort of friendship and and stuff i don't think it's for everyone i think you kind of unlike other accessible documentaries that netflix has that turn it into like 
with moving pictures and everything like this is a slow like sort of poetic and because she dictates it herself as well it sort of just moves along at a nice pace but um well worth kind of scene I'd say mm-hmm. it might be in the Oscar conversation for film which would be great Brilliant. Uh, it's also the second film uh, that I have on my list that was directed by a woman just saying you know I'm pretty woke okay I'm just disappointed you picked a not cinema film you're lazy Watch move with the times Coen Brothers are there the best film of ever seemingly Roma is going to be there you know but Roma yeah true I also knew nothing about Shirkers which is always good with a film so why did you watch it because uh, Spool contributor uh, So artist. someone recommended, yeah, yeah. So Zoe. Yeah, yeah. But the point being, Netflix's algorithm didn't tell you to watch it. So humans and the hearts and yeah, minds yeah, of humans yeah, yeah. told you. I'm going to stand by that forever. Right. All right. Um, my number seven. Do, 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 first Reformed. The Paul Schrader film from the summer. Did you get to see it? No, you didn't. He oh, no. No, no. I'm really so, disappointed I didn't get to see that. As well, in my head, that was... Probably won't be on my list, but it was a very short release, no? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was like out for a week, two weeks? Something like that, yeah. So it was in the lighthouse anyway, and Palace, I think. Um, so Ethan Hawke plays Paul an American minister, um, not in the Irish government sense, but a sort of Protestant priest man, <gasps> uh, faced with questions of faith and morality, serving as a pastor of a sort of ancient historical church, and then there's a bigger church trying to take take it over but meanwhile he's working through these issues he becomes friendly with a woman called Mary uh, played by Amanda Seyfried whose husband is an eco-warrior who's really suicidal because of climate change and so then they get a bit pally but it just gets really dark and really 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 weird and has a very 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 good ending I've uh, heard that taxi driver referenced in other yeah. films. And... Yeah, well, it's from Paul Schrader, who wrote Taxi Driver. He's the writer director here. Ethan Hawke is twenty to one to win the best Oscar, um, best actor Oscar. He has won a couple of different critics awards. I think he's at least going to get a nomination. Many nominations? Do you think he has? Four. Ethan Hawke. He has four. How did you know that? I was just guess. All right, he has four. So his fifth, and he's not Meryl Streep, like. Yeah, I know, but like I was like, oh, that's quite a lot to not win it. So I wonder how old he'll have to be. He, you have seen Juliet Naked. Yeah. Let's see. I haven't got to see it yet. You'd like that. Yeah. So now I'm just I'm big into my my Ethan, you know, my man. So I'd like to support him. Uh, yeah. So that's my seven. Uh, my number seven is uh, Stars Born. Ding, 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 ding. That's down the list in mine. Great. Right? Yeah. So everybody, I presume, knows Lady Gaga, Bradley Cooper. I think the third or maybe the fourth iteration of the fourth. A, a Star is Born story. Uh, and Sam Elliott plays his brother. Really good. Um, Bradley Cooper can direct. He's a bit of an annoying prick. He can, you know, direct, act. He's funny. <coughs> he can speak fluent French, you know. Bucky's favourite for best actor. And oh, second or third favorite for director. So, could yeah. we could Gombo's here of any best actor, best director before in the Oscars? I'd say Clint Eastwood maybe in the conversation, and yeah, under under too much pressure to come yeah. up with it. But so Clint very East, good. Clint Eastwood has a new film because Bradley Cooper taught him some stuff from when they worked on ah, that American Sniper so, film. Yeah, but he has a film where he plays. It's called Mule, and he directed it. And he's acting in it, and he's like eighty-eight or whatever. But he plays—is it really right wing and right wing, right wing and racist like all his other recent films? Kind of. He's carrying drugs. He has no money, um, and he is driving 
across. He's given a job to just drive something to Mexico, so he does it, and then he looks in the boot and realizes oh, they're giving me all this cocaine and heroin mm. and stuff. So yeah, it looks like grizzly yeah. but trying to be more Gran Torino, so cuddly granddad Clint Eastwood. I anyway, saw the trailer. Um, anyway, Star is born. born. Enough of us talking. Here's a clip. Maybe she's a way out. You know, it's like I don't know you. You float out, float out of sea, and then one day you find a port. Say I'm gonna stay here for a few days, a few days, it comes a few years, and then you forgot where you were going in the first place, and you realize you don't really give a shit about where you was going because you like where you at. solid film really heartbreaking and he plays an alcoholic amazingly it, you i wondered like are you an alcoholic was your dad somebody close to you really really good yeah i liked it a lot um i kind of stopped thinking about it until then last week the aforementioned spotify playlist with the best songs of the year turned up and um, always remember us this way brilliant um and i was like i really love that movie really clicked um yeah really really good it deserves awards it's the kind of thing it's a feel-good film there's a bit if you really analyze the relationships like he's a bit of a he's trying to mold her a little bit there's a bit of a weird True. dynamic and going it's a on. bit of a it's not at the most un- nuclear option at the end kind of but again i kind of yeah. can write that in my head because it's like yeah. who's in the right frame of mind yeah exactly um anyway so mm. yeah it's very really really stuck with me now that I'm thinking about it more, if that makes sense. So, Brilliant. Uh, your yeah. last one then before the break, your number For six. My last one is Creed 2. Ah. So I talked about it uh, last week in the podcast. So this, much like Mission Impossible, just in terms of a pure Hollywood story that has a good base. The difference with this, though, above other films is that the father and the family and angles really, really did. They really affected me. They were so good you know because um, cool. yeah and there's something about boxing on screen i watched journeyman recently as well which came out this year i think the paddy considine boxing film and um there's just something about it it lends itself well the one man it's good kind of yeah it's usually from working class areas and yeah yeah, yeah yeah so um that's it creed 2 it's in cinemas right now so if you haven't got to see it then go for it what's your six my number six is a film uh, that i got to see at the galway film fair this year it's called nico 1988 um it's not on general release it's look i saw it this year and it's out and it's the third film i have directed well, I by saw a woman i saw crank that's an old film this is not an old no. film when it's, you say it's out is it in the cinema Did yeah it's get... been in germany in different places so like yeah so it hasn't had a general release. Look, you're allowed to do it. Yeah, I'm this doing what, it. This is what film magazines do. They're like, oh, this played in the bathrooms at the <laughs> Venice Film Festival. It's just yeah. elevator music. So tell me about it. I don't know anything so about it. So it's about, about the last year of Nico's life because she died in 1988. And it's kind of when she's doing this kind of um, shitty tour of places in Europe and she's English people behind her. So this and is a documentary. No, it's not a documentary. So she oh. gets um, kind of always hounded by... Um, because Trin Dillum plays her as a, you know when I kind of went to pick this I was like oh this is a documentary but then I saw actor names coming up that I recognised and it's like oh this is actually a film do they have the music rights? Uh, yeah but it's kind of towards the end of her so it's not like they're playing you know Chelsea Hotel and stuff yeah. like that 
because she's getting constantly dogged by all this stuff and she's just like you know there's a really funny thing <laughs> where she's kind of in manchester now and someone's just like oh why'd you pick manchester and it's like she's like oh it reminds me of uh Berlin after the war <laughs> just like there's loads of really and it's that lovely portrayal of an artist who's kind of come towards the end but is possibly doing some of their best work nobody knows and all everyone wants to talk to them but it's like what was Andy Warhol like what was the Velvet Underground like that's about Lou Reed hey, yeah so really really good um, that's about, we yeah that's the Joni Mitchell thing isn't it whereby one of the greatest songwriters of the 20th century and everyone's just like you had all those boyfriends what was that like yeah was, who's the best yeah um, anyway all right here's something completely different then for our interlude i never told you that i loved you you never loved me yeah i did make sure that when you tell your story you lived it like it was a novella version of a war and peace style walk of dublin fiction epic in small ways Live it up now because these be their days. So that's a little bit, a little bit of the music, the clip, the energy of Dublin Old School. Um, this Dublin Old School was from. It's on Volta now. You can watch it for four quid. Came um, out at the same time as the uh, World Cup. Yeah, so very few people saw it in the cinema. So Emmett Kerman did not like that. That's their problem, I suppose. Um, very enjoyable, based around the streets that I sort of cycle through every day and the streets where you used to live. Yeah. Thomas I was Street, like, oh, there's Thomas Street. Yeah, there's Thomas Park. The Ooh. edge Ooh. of Portobello and all that kind of thing, I think. No, yeah. I didn't really go into Portobello. Rialto, maybe. Mm. But uh, what do you think of Dublin Old School? Yeah, I uh, quite enjoyed it. Uh, Emma Kerwin plays Jason. We've got Ian Lloyd Anderson plays Daniel, his brother. Stuff between them was good. Uh, Emma Kerwin, you're like, probably shouldn't have been in this. You probably should have got someone younger to play. You know, it. yeah, hand it over. You know, because I'm pretty yeah. sure he's the same age as Leo Varadkar, and he's hanging but, around with a load of people in their twenties. P- people who work in record shops sometimes. But that's the they don't age. That's your man, the older guy with the beard. That's him. That's yeah. that character. Do you not think there's some staff in record shops? Then maybe, yeah, Marco Halloran's character. Marco anyway, Halloran. Yeah. There's some good laughs in it. Um. It's funny, but again, it's kind of, I think it worked best as a play. And you can see the bits were like, oh, this would have been really good on the stage, but it doesn't translate to film. Yeah, yeah, cool. Another one to watch in our rundown kind of of Irish films. I kind of mentioned it there, so I won't say too much more about it. Kissing Candace. Um, not sure, as Nigel said, if you can watch it anywhere, but, you know, maybe it's on Volta or maybe RTE will show it at not 3 o'clock on, in the not morning. Not on Volta, not on RTE, so... Then another kind of the first documentary I'm going to mention, uh, Mother Brings Her Son to Be Shot, directed and written by Sinead O'Shea. It kind of follows Magella O'Donnell, who brings her son Philly to be shot uh, by the IRA in Derry. And um, yeah, it's kind of an interesting film. You know, I think it kind of plays, it's, it's shot kind of weirdly in that it's almost geared towards people who aren't in Ireland because it explains a lot of stuff that we're like yeah we know what this is yeah we know what that is and it kind of has titles and stuff uh, it's very well edited by Endo Doubt um, so that's kind of one to catch up Double No School Nigel already mentioned another kind of documentary that I quite enjoyed got to see it at the Dublin Film Fil- Film Festival is The Image You Missed Um, it's kind of like this conversation between Donald Foreman who's the director and his dad who was a documentary maker called Arthur McKeague and he kind of famously did a film called The Patriot Game in 1978 for French TV where it kind of documents the rise of the IRA and the troubles in Ulster and, and Northern Ireland so it's kind of Donald kind of finds after Arthur dies all this footage in his apartment in Paris and kind of 
thralls tr- through it and kind of tries to get his know his kind of a strange dad. Sounds kind of great. Imagine, yeah. imagine if these didn't just have to live on DVD, they're coming out in six months. Yeah. Nigel has to a purchase bit of a, in the IFI gift shop, you know. Only. Nigel has a bit of a problem with the Irish uh, film industry's distribution models. Yeah. Uh, one that Nigel has definitely seen, uh, Black 47. Yeah, so Black 47 uh, is the biggest grossing Irish film in a long time. Probably it? since Mrs. Brown's voice. Mrs. Brown and the guard up at that level of interest. People really wanted a revenge film about the famine. Um, it's it's kind of populist. It's a bit crap in some ways, but kind of like enjoyable. The best bits, uh, I was talking to Etna because apparently it was a short film and all the bits where I was like, oh, that bit was really cool. She was like, yeah, they were all in the short film. That was in the short So yeah. it's kind of been extended out. Um, worth a watch, kind of, you know, it's kind of... Oh, yeah, yeah, but even seeing that era in a slightly more fantasy exploitative way was mm. sort of interesting to me. And the main, bit, main guy was great. Yeah, it's a bit predictable because, like, you've got Stephen Ray playing the character Keneally and when he appears, you're like... Oh, well, he's not going to play a character who's Bad on the guy. side of the English. And, you know, so it's a bit predictable. Also, Barry Keown plays an English soldier from Liverpool who then turns coat and, you know, helps the Irish. So. Barry Keown, Nigel's uh, yeah. least favourite actor. Another, oh, uh, an- <laughs> another one, delinquent season. Uh, Margaret Rowe directed it. Um, Killian Murphy, Andrew Scott, Eva Berthesel, and Catherine Walker are like two couples. I completely forgot this film existed and that I'd seen it. Yeah, uh, I thought it was okay. It got absolutely slated uh, by different outlets. I thought it was okay, but again, kind of the story was too far fetched at the end. How it all wrapped up and how. Chance meetings then became big relationships, and I was like, yeah. "No, I'm not buying a, any of this." A middle class kind of relationship drama that was always going to be game for a bit of yeah there could have been a three-parter in RTE but instead they made a film of it yeah 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 and then probably one of the best films uh Irish films of the year Rosie uh written by um Roddy Doyle directed by Paddy Bretnock who Nigel mentioned earlier directed Viva stars Sarah Green as Rosie and our favorite Irish actor Mo Dunford uh, Sarah Green is my favourite Irish actor okay. she's also in Dublin Old School and Black 47 so yeah. busy busy year yeah. Uh, yeah. so it's just the two of them are a married couple with kids who are in rented accommodation and then get kicked out so they're kind of on this horrible loop of finding a hotel that will take a Dublin City Council credit card and it's played over like yeah. a couple of days just a loop goes on yeah. forever. Or one day, maybe is it? Uh, thirty-six hours. Yeah, I believe. So that's uh, that's a couple of Irish films to kind of catch here. In general, to me, uh, felt like a weird year for Irish cinema. I think a lot of films, sort of, with the exception of Black Forty Seven, came and then sank, and just something about it. I didn't didn't there feel the spark that I'd had in previous years. Uh, I think this like, could just be indicative of me taking. Yeah, a different no, approach. there's a few there that I'm kind of like. A film like Rosie doesn't come along that often, and then yeah. the fact that it's Irish, I thought was good. So if, to me, if there's one standout, it's always good. And there was other some other ones in Galway, like Metal Heart. Um, I'm not sure if it's got a release date yet. I think that'll be good. Uh, came out I think in it July. Did come and come and go for a bit. Did it? Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm terrible with my releases. See, I saw that a... too. That's a good film. Sorry. Yeah. If uh, if that that's, that's worth looking this at. This is what we're talking about. That there, all this work and funding goes into it. Then they show up in maybe on maybe two cinema screens for seven or fourteen days, and then they're gone, and they 
probably won't have a TV broadcast and then they'll have a physical media thing. So a film may well have been worked on by nearly as many people as actually end up seeing it. Like you could end up a film get seen by less than a thousand people yeah. across its cinema release and then sells, sells about three, four hundred DVDs maximum. Mm. Um, whereas if some of the streaming things just sort of get their act together, people will pay. Like I would pay the film board a subscription a year to support mm. Irish film. I'd I think the BFI have like BFI a player, film. Yeah, yeah player. So. And that doesn't guarantee, but like they're just, they all just need to sit down and maybe like, it's like as if, again, we're talking a bit out of odds here, but like, it's like as if Element have sort of realized this and moved beyond it and they'll go and try and get their films seen outside of Ireland first and they're on a different level altogether. Mm, but mm-hmm. I don't know. I just think there's probably something there that because people do want to see and support Irish cinema, but they're not always going to get in. Yeah. to see the films and um, so they're just a bit more joined up thinking from the film boards and the different guilds the producers guilds and all that kind of thing anyway a little rant on Irish film there uh, over and done with we get back to our Americanness. yay yay America America so my number five is A Star is Born so I've already talked about it um, so I ranked it up higher than yours it was your seven was it Um, go back to my list right quickly yeah it was my number seven do 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 consults consults notes very good. Uh, so my number five is Phantom Thread. Uh, we kind of talked about it. Yeah, just really solid. Um, as you said, Leslie Manville, Daniel Day-Lewis, Vicky Krups. Brilliant. A uh, big Paul Thomas Anderson fan. Um, any ah, yeah. film you see twice in the cinema, obviously kind of... Yeah, I'm a fan of Paul it. Thomas Anderson when he makes a good film that isn't inherent oh, vice, you know. It's a brilliant film. Mm. I just don't understand it. I th- uh, no, I, didn't, I, th- I, I agree. I didn't understand it. I'm not challenging that. <laughs> cool yeah so for me um th- this again you're kind of thinking about directors a little bit and steve mcqueen did hunger shame 12 years a slave and then comes out with widows oh. which is a heist film that came out there in the autumn uh a female-led heist film of the wives of a gang um the gang is all uh killed in a or seemingly killed in a Spoilers in a no, they were killed in an A team esque explosion. Yeah, if you have a team esque, which is funny because Liam Neeson was yeah. in the A team. Oh, I'm all about the yeah. references. Um, but yeah, it's just it's it's it was great and really really enjoyable, but brilliant performances. I think I thought after better was... than Ocean's Eight. It's like a version of Ocean's Eight, but just better. Did Steve McQueen want Fassbender to be Colin Farrell, but he was like, "No, I'm not available." Because they've been, they've worked in most films to a hunger, 12 years a slave. Yeah, I don't know. Do and then he, he went have... for an Irish actor. It was like, why didn't you like, why, why not the fast bender? Why not the bender? Probably, probably because he felt that um, they just wanted, I don't know, it was kind of, wasn't it Boston or Massachusetts? Or something, so the Irish ah, he angle. can do an accent. Yeah. Anyway, Viola Davis, who is someone I don't want to hang out with in real life because she's seen zero crack. Um... And she takes, takes things very, very Seems seriously. Seems like a female Denzel Washington. Yeah, takes things really seriously. Just cool it. Uh, she's brilliant here. and She's fantastic, yeah. Yeah, so... Lots of nice side stories in it that aren't thrown in your face but are making, like, the death of how their kid dies. Yeah. Is brilliant. And you're just like, oh, yeah, yeah. very good. So fantastic stuff. What's... So my number four... I don't know if it'll feature on your list and you might be like, oh... No, it's too old. Uh, the Shape of Water. Uh... 
one of my five star films of the year now we're into all my five star films of the year but again it came out in february and was the talk of the oscars last year so it almost feels like it's two years yeah, old it's in my long list okay of t- of 11 to 25 or whatever it's, but <laughs> 11 it's not, to 50 it, it is not coming up for me yeah yeah uh sally hawkins and richard jenkins kind of are you know apartment buddies and uh sally hawkins is a cleaner in like some nuclear test facility and uh, a creature comes along and it's directed by my uh, glermo del toro and then stars michael shannon and sally hawkins uh isn't able to uh speak and she kind of strikes up the relationship with this kind of creature that's brought into the facility really lovely really nice love story as with most Guillermo stuff there's a touch of a a fable and a fantasy about it but I kind of went with it and bought into it wholeheartedly like so yeah yeah thumbs up it it, it did get a thumbs up for me as well Um, for me my number three is a film we were talking about earlier you have not seen it because you told me that hasn't come out yet because you think you saw a trailer for it last week leave no trace okay so this is Deborah Granick's follow up to Winter's Bone uh, it that kind of is the sort of mood and tone you get. It's starts Ben Foster as a dad back from the army who just kind of wants to disconnect from the grid. He has a a tween daughter, I think, she, or an early teen daughter. I don't know. It's, what do you call an eleven, twelve, thirteen year old early teens? Maybe. A child, maybe a child. Um, and they are trying to live in like these public parks, just live off the grid. And he loves her, like he just, but he just doesn't know how to engage with society. And that's not really the right way to raise a child. But, um, it, yeah, it just to me, it just sort of stuck with me the way it's shot in terms of showing nature, but just trying to get reacclimatized to society. Bit of that kind of into the wild. I always go back to into the wild, but that sort of journey film where it gets reacclimatized a little bit introduce the people has to go on the road again mm. and that and it looks fantastic from the trailer i, I yeah. hope to catch it before the you, end of the year you're looking forward <laughs> to when that comes out so yeah and uh. it's a film about like yeah maybe it's a, maybe it's about homelessness and what uh, having a kind of sense of home and belonging how that's an advantage for you so yeah that's my three brilliant number three for me already touching it on the irish films is rosie um just thought it was fantastic it's a perfect film it's perfectly uh you couldn't fault it and loved the ending amazing performances from everyone on, the on board ho- on the theme of homelessness from leave no trace yeah uh, it's ding 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 it's coming up for me oh really too so yeah and here's a clip from it to kind of give you some of the atmosphere of it ta-da I'm sick. You're not, hun. I am. You'll be fine, hun. Anyway, there's no one for us to go yet. Here. Can't stay here, Millie, I told you. Why can't we? We just can't. It's not our house. We have to leave. You'll be looking for a new house when you're on school. That's right, yeah. So, let's get out of here. Yes, master. Alfie. What? Your trousers, hun. Yeah, I'll give you a hand. Don't need a hand. We're in a hurry, Alfie. Come on. Uh, there we go. Great energy in that hotel room. So, yeah, like I said, it's a film about sort of accidental homelessness, which is something that Ireland is sort of dealing with now, where people who are well-meaning, well-intentioned, there's no alcoholism, there's no drugs, there's no... They're just running out of money because yeah. their rent has gone up. They can't. Yeah. So they're moving. And I kind of had that thing of like, because there was a really good interview um, with Roddy Doyle on Marion Finucane. And it's kind of talking about that 
well the husband can't help because he's working so like everyone thinks maybe has this idea of homeless people in their head of like oh they're a bunch of wasters and sure they're all on the dole and not doing it it's like no they're not working she's trying to get the kids to school and she hasn't a job because she has to try and get them accommodation the whole time like in this horrible vicious circle um i just thought it was brilliant yeah and he like roddy Dahl talked a lot about the research she went into and how this is a very genuine story and that thing of ringing up um, and I'd say he got the full rundown of the script, uh, as in, oh, I'm calling about accommodation tonight. Yeah, it's the Dublin City Corporate, blah, blah, blah. Um, mm. It's just such a simple film, the way it's put together. Yeah. Um, and all I the young know. actors, all the children actors, children sorry, actors don't know their fantastic. names, but they're brilliant. Yeah, and we know that, that Roddy Doyle can write families and knows, understands the crack with the cheeky kid, because of his Barrytown trilogy and, like, if there's a cheeky kid. But to, pat, to pair that with performances... It's just fantastic. So, and Sarah Green, who we mentioned earlier on, um, who plays Rosie here, she was in Black Forty Seven, and Dublin Old School. Like this, like she has to win IFTAs or mm. BAFTAs or whatever Brexit AFTAs, whatever yep. we kind of we're going to call them next year. So, um, yeah, deeply, deeply, deeply uh, affecting, and the kind of thing that does need to be seen on TV because it's an Irish film that actually talks about. A yeah. huge problem now. And so relevant. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. You wish the, these kind of films didn't have to be made, but there you go. Also, it was unlike... It was a it was a Dublin film, but I didn't... It's sort of in the weird suburbs of, like, walk... I didn't know the locations. Yeah, and yeah. That was refreshing And they well. weren't... It's kind of nondescript and grim and grey and yeah. ended up in some crappy hotel, like, at the edge of... Like, where were they? The Curve or something. Yeah, but it was it even fell further. They had to <laughs> yeah, get the, yeah. the big long bus to it. So, yeah. No, um, but then a film with loads and loads of heart. So, really, really funny as well. Yeah. All right. What did I give you? So, that was the three. Um, okay, my number two. A film that's not in many people's lists that I actually had to check did this even come out? Three billboards. Oh, yeah, yeah. Not yeah. in here? No. Okay. It was what a four. I... It wasn't like a five or anything like that. But no, really yeah. good, really solid. Yeah. So, Special because it was the first film we went to in a parent baby screening. Love Martin McDonough. Francis McDormand won the Oscar. Um, and it didn't it just, come out at the end of 2017, no? No, as far as I can work out, it came out on the 12th of January. Brilliant. In Ireland. Okay, so yeah, it just yeah, yeah. isn't in the mix for any... Which is I think insane, there was a bit of controversy though. afterwards that maybe dogged it off people's lists. Oh, I don't know, but I just loved it. I thought it was funny. Yeah. Um, to anyone who doesn't I suppose everyone knows the story at this point but Frances McDormand's uh, I've forgotten the script her daughter her daughter has been yeah. attacked and yeah. uh, killed on and a the way police, home the police aren't doing, doing anything. anything so Woody Harrelson um, is charged in this town of, of Ebbing, Missouri and she puts signs up that says chief thingy is a you know yeah. a, a rapist facilitator or whatever the, yeah. the uh-huh. messaging says so yeah that's my number two. Oh. Oh, I'm just getting excited. Oh, hitting the mic there. That's how excited we are. Uh, my number two oh, is... Oh, I thought you were going to do your one. I did a drum roll. Sorry. Oh, no. Okay, go my ahead. My number two is a film I know you haven't seen. Or no, you have seen, but it's not in your list because you didn't see it in the cinema. No, but they, then it, therefore it didn't affect me enough. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and I don't think you liked it because you didn't see it in the cinema. You were like, meh. Uh, American Animals, uh, my number two. Is Mandy is your number one then? No. Oh, good. Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, uh, American Animals. Uh, I have no idea what your one is. I'm yeah. sure. Bart Layton directed it and it stars Evan Peters as Warren and Nigel's uh, most hated actor, Barry Keown, as Spencer. So they're kind of two... Uh, friends living in america and they conspire to rob a very rare and rich book of birds and it's kind of it's 
the director Bart's style where he kind of has the real life actors playing he's the real life people and then he's actors playing them and they kind of interact and telling the story it's like mixing documentary and fiction absolutely loved it knew very very little about it going in had managed to ignore all the kind of yeah, the media dir- the director did the imposter Poster. wasn't it? so that was a similar mix sort of yeah narrative real world yeah uh loved the music in it loved the energy of it like remember watching it being like yes this is why i love cinema and just gave me like reinvigorated me to be like yeah brilliant saw it twice loved it yeah saw it twice saw it nice. twice yeah no just there you go we've talked about it like if you don't see these things in the right setting they don't click with you so don't know just felt a bit flat. So we've already talked about my number one. Rosie. Oh, yeah. Because oh. I gave you my two and then my one. So it's Rosie. Nigel's right. film of the year. Very good. Paddy Bratnock's Rosie. Yeah. What then is your number one? You have actually mentioned my number one. Is it Journeyman? It is Journeyman. <sighs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I did wonder. Yeah. Wow. Uh, so just to say a bit about it. Paddy Constantine, uh, director. Uh, he plays Maddie Burton, who is a boxer. And Jodie Whittaker is his... Uh, partner I, i'm not sure if they're married so I he's they're married yeah yeah, yeah he kind of see their wedding photos yeah oh yeah so he does that he's thing really where old he to be a boxer, he, so. yeah he kind of takes a fight that he shouldn't then ends up having a brain injury from it yeah you can kind of understand he he won a belt on a weird technicality so he eventually became champion mm. only because the other guy couldn't finish so he mm-hmm. said oh, i guess you can have the belt and you you get a sense that he everyone was like oh you're not the cha- like you just yeah that. it's not you don't deserve to have that mm-hmm. Um, and he has to kind of prove himself. Mm. So then he ends up with uh, a brain injury and it's just really debilitating for him. And you kind of, his whole personality changes, his whole life falls apart. And then it's about him kind of putting that back together. Certain scenes in it are absolutely heartbreaking. I was in, I went to see this by myself, uh, was in bits kind of watching it. There's one scene in, spe- in particular where he's having a phone conversation with his wife um, and he, he just can't get it into his head why they can't get back together. It is horrendously sad. Um, so, yeah, film of the year. Have a small clip from it. And, yeah, and just from it, the thing that deeply affected me from it was the the weird family dynamic and realising yeah. that thing of, like I said, at some point when he's he comes back and he's starting to get to know his wife again and he's pointing at photos going, Who, who's that? And it's like, oh, that's, that's dad. And he's like, oh, he's gone. And you're like that, and then that's Matty, that's mm. the trainer, that's you know Jacko or whatever. That's my clip. Yeah. All right. Okay. <laughs> but then it's like, who's that? And then that's that's Maya, that's your daughter. Yeah. He's like, oh, so he's and just lost chunks of his. Yeah. Uh, of and his like Potty Constantine always is able to do this thing where there's absolute moments of terror in this film to do with the child at one point, and you're that's just like heartbreaking. That is horrifying, yeah. and you're just like, oh my god. Um, but yeah, really, really good. Yeah. Um, we'll just take 30 seconds from it then of that bit that I already introed. Who's that? That's Richie. He's your trainer. Right. My dad? Yeah, you know him. Yeah. Who's him? That's Matt. I'm Matt. No, you're Matty. That's Matt. Yeah. Matt. Mm. That's me. Oh. Yeah. I'm my friends. Yeah. What are they? That's a good question. So there you go. That's Pork's uh, favourite film of the year. So um, I've run through the algorithm and the crossover that we had 
was Rosie, Rosie. Stars Born and Stars Born and I don't think there was any Phantom others. Thread and Phantom Thread so there's our top yeah but I would support a lot of your other choices I don't disagree with anything maybe other than American Animals um yeah and I think I have, here's Nico you're kind of questioning Nico in like does this qualify yeah, but I no, I, I don't. I don't know if I'd put Creed Two or Mission Impossible. You know, I'm not surprised that you aren't through your list. But I was just like, yeah, yeah. No, pure cinema. But some nice ones there that I was like, don't even know what this is. So. Yeah, and I liked as well the fiftieth best film according to the Irish Times is Rosie, and Spool is saying that it's the, or sorry, the fiftieth best film of the year, Rosie, and we're saying, was it? yeah, oh wow, I, I think, and we're saying it's the best. So there yeah, you go. and also then to round that out as a trio, A Star Is Born and Phantom Thread. So there are three. Excellent films you could hang uh, your hat on. Have you seen Mandy? Because you referenced it there as Mandy, my number uh, one. No. Yeah, so I think that kind of needs to be best, seen on the big screen. Yeah, and the best thing about this time of year is you come up with a giant list of stuff that you need to catch up on. You can add them all in. Yeah. So that's it. All right, we're just going to wrap it up there. We're going to talk to you in a couple of weeks. And we've got see some in January. awards coverage and new films all the time. And we'll see you, in the, see you in the pictures. I think this is the beginning of a beautiful friendship. Take one.